I know that we start the new year. Have you? I don't know if you've got um, access on your emails and stuff. Do you get messages from Christian ministries and things like that coming in saying, it's 2017 and it's your year of breakthrough and here's your t- 21 keys to greater success in this or your seven steps to financial freedom of do do you ever see those sorts of things and i know that you know obviously in the secular magazines and tv and everything it's it's all about you know weight loss and you've got to eat more cauliflower apparently that's this year's must eat food is cauliflower apparently um and uh, so you get all that stuff kind of going on don't you so i was thinking man there's there's all this stuff so i thought okay i'll get on the bandwagon so i thought right this morning i'm going to give you my breakthrough for 2017 message okay so psych yourselves up um and i'm going to start by talking about suffering um yes yeah, suffering um that's maybe true Perhaps. Um, um, I, I've just got one verse that I want to preach on. But you know what I'm like, I can stretch anything out. So I've got one verse with a heck of a lot of stuff in it. Um, if you've got a Bible, if you can turn to 1 Peter, chapter 5, verse 10. Um, I was reading this through and it kind of occurred to me that this is basically the gospel in one verse. Um, I don't know if, there's, if we can get it up on the screen at all. Um, I don't know if that's possible, Mark. Sorry to drop you in it there. Um, 1 Peter 5 verse 10. Um, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore confirm strengthen and establish you i know it uses some different words in different versions i'm reading it from the esv um i just felt this was really timely for lots of us in this room lots of individuals people you know even andrew and sarah for you guys with what you've just shared i I just get really excited that um there's restoration um confirmation strengthening and establishing for you this morning um, and actually lots and lots of people around this room, I, I get to chat with lots of you, so I know a fair bit about what's going on in different people's lives. Um, and I w- just felt this for so many of you this morning. But not only that, I felt like this was for us as a church. Um, when Peter wrote this, he was writing to a group of Christians. He wasn't just writing to one individual person. He wrote this to a group of people. And uh, so we can receive it as a group of people. Um, so let me just start off with this first little bit. After you have suffered a little while, um, suffering. Um, I wanted to just say this morning that all suffering is rooted in spiritual oppression. All suffering comes from the enemy. And all of it is rooted in spiritual oppression. I don't know if you agree with that this morning. God does not cause suffering. I don't believe the Bible says that. Um, There's plenty of examples in the Bible of people suffering. Um, But there's an awful lot more of God then breaking in to alleviate that suffering. Yeah? Um, 
So all suffering comes from the enemy and is rooted in spiritual oppression. I wonder if there's any of you this morning who could take a little look at your own life and say, is there any area of my life in which I'm suffering? Where actually I'm feeling like I'm struggling, I'm up against it. Or maybe through last year there was aspects of life that you just thought, you know what, I just feel like I'm oppressed in some way. Um, Then I've got really good news this morning. Um, this isn't just about 2017 can be your year. This is actually, this is the year of the Lord's favour. Um, and it is this year too for you. So if you have got any suffering at all going on, um, then this can be a moment for you. Um, secondly, I want to say suffering is bad. Um, that might seem like an obvious thing to say. But sometimes I've met Christians over the years and they can give me the impression that they've been suffering in something for a while, but actually they say, but it's okay because God is teaching me something through it. He's teaching me perseverance or, you know, whatever it is. And it sounds noble, but the reality is suffering is still bad. Um, And uh, I'll get on in a minute to explain why. Um, The other thing is that every example that we see in the Gospels where Jesus encounters somebody who's suffering... He seeks to alleviate their suffering. Whether it's physical sickness, emotional issues, um, whatever it is, um, heartbreak, um, despair, he he seeks to alleviate it. Um, In 1 Peter um, 5, in the couple of verses before, it gives us an indication as to where suffering comes from. It says, be alert and stay sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Suffering comes from the enemy then. Yeah? Does that sound good? Well, not good, but it sounds right, doesn't it? Um, So... There is this enemy, isn't there? And his sole aim is to spoil everything that God has made. That's what he's doing. Um, It's what he did in the beginning, and it's what he's doing now. And so there are people today who are suffering because of ill health. Um, God didn't start the world off with ill health in it. That followed on, didn't it? Um, There are people that are suffering today because of choices that they have made. In this room, there will be some folk here, and we are suffering because of choices that we have made in life. There'll be others of us who are suffering because of choices that other people have made. Yeah? It's. And really, when we think about um, choices that we make, we, we make the choices that we make based on what we believe. And if you think about it, it's really who you believe. Because if we make choices based on the things that God believes about us, they will look like that. If we make choices based on what the devil says we are or who the devil says we are, then our choices will look different, won't they? Because what we're believing is different. So it's really about who you're listening to dictates. If you think any time you've ever sinned, any time you've ever done something which actually is in rebellion to God, it's not because you're listening to God's voice in that moment. It's because you're listening to something else. 
there is another sentiment, there is another voice that you are listening to. I don't mean in a, you know, in a, um, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a different voice that you're listening to that is not God's voice, not God's soundtrack over your life. It's something else. And it can lead us then to make daft choices. And anybody that's ever wronged you has fallen into that trap, which is why that they feel it's okay to treat you the way that they are. Does that make sense? So all suffering, therefore, ultimately comes from the enemy. Um, now, Romans does say that we should glory in our sufferings. And I've heard, first, you know that, that I was saying earlier on, that sometimes people have said, oh, you know, it's okay that I'm suffering because um, it, there's something good that's, that's coming through in it. The point isn't that we glory in the sufferings. The point is that we're brimming over with hope. Because that verse actually says that we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So any time you are facing a situation where you are suffering to some degree, it's an opportunity for hope to break into your circumstance and your situation. Any time Jesus met somebody who was suffering... He didn't leave them in a tortured situation. He wanted to bring hope into the situation. He wanted to bring healing into the situation. Because that's how we're to live. And where I said that this verse is kind of like the whole gospel, is because actually, this is what happened at the cross. This is the story of humanity, isn't it? This is Jesus coming, us as people having suffered needing a saviour, Jesus then coming, breaking into our world and restoring and confirming and strengthening and establishing everything that we have in him. So in many senses for us, this has already happened. And yet in life, we, we lose sight of it. But also in life, because there is a nowness to this, that there is an enemy now who is causing suffering, isn't there? So while there is the eternal glory that we're talking about, um, and that is for now, and, and it's forever. But there is a reality now that there is this enemy who is seeking still to spoil things. Kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah? Um, so, have I laboured the point enough? Suffering's bad. If you're suffering here this morning, God doesn't want you to still be suffering. Okay? Um, next thing is, um, God of grace... This verse goes on. The God of all grace. It's really important that we are confident about who we're coming to. It's really important that we know, the, um, we know what mood our God's in. Isn't it? Because if actually we're suffering because of a choice we've made and we think that God's therefore angry with us, we're going to be nervous to come into his presence. But actually, this is the God of all grace. And grace means unmerited favour, doesn't it? Grace means getting what you don't deserve. And um, I remember hearing, the, you know, Bill Johnson's talked a lot about God being in a good mood. Um, I, I don't know if any of you heard it recently, but Paul Manwaring mentioned a comment that his wife Sue made about this because she was having a conversation with somebody where they were saying, oh, I don't like the way Bill talks about God being in a mood a good mood or a bad mood. Um, and uh, Sue said, well, imagine it like this. Imagine that you're a child 
and you're coming home to your father. And he's the kind of father that you don't quite know what you're going to get when you come through the door. You don't know actually whether he's going to be in a good mood or a bad mood. You don't know whether you're going to get a hug or whether you're going to get hit. Imagine if that was what he was like. Now be reassured that this is the God of all grace. That when you come through the door, he is always delighted to see you. That he's always in a good mood. That it doesn't matter what you've done, he is always ready to receive you. That he always loves you. This is the father of the prodigal son. You know, he ran to his son because he was in such a good mood because he was thrilled to see him and he didn't care that his son had wasted everything and did the, you know disrespected him and dishonored him and you know all the rest of it he threw his arms around him and embraced him that's who we're coming to that's who this year wants to turn your world upside down in new ways whatever you've done whatever the suffering this is the god of grace who's coming to you um, and uh, just to confirm it, he, he goes on, who's called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Um, this isn't accidental. You've been called. It's more than just a casual invitation. It's like everything has been laid out in front of you to have this life that is restored, to have this life with him, to experience his glory. Um, God's intent... <laughs> God's intent is that you are made beautiful in him and that you get to live a life that is absolutely wondrous. That's his intent. That's what this year holds for you. I know it's really good, isn't it? I know some of you are still struggling with this. Um, Okay, let's go on. What about this? Um, Will himself... Will himself. You know, this is not your breakthrough this year, your 2017 breakthrough, is not going to be down to your self-effort. And every reason, every year that you have sought breakthrough in the past and where it's failed has been because your breakthrough has been in self-effort. I know that might be a little bit hard to hear, but ultimately God will never let you down. There is nothing that he cannot break through. Sin and sickness were dealt with at the cross. Death has lost its sting. You're very quiet. Um, it's his initiation, his initiation. This isn't going to be about self-effort, self-help, self-promotion, selfish ambition, or a New Year's resolution. Isn't that good? Yeah? Yeah? He is going to come. He has come at the cross for you. He will continue to come through for you every single day. He's bringing breakthrough for you into your situation and your circumstances. Um, I feel like there's some people here who need to hear this. You need to know something of one of these four things that come next, okay? Um, And also for us as a church... And so you might be feeling actually that you need to hear this personally, but also you might want to be hearing this for us as a community of people. Um, 
So first of all, then, what are the things that he wants to do here? Um, Restore. There is restoration for us in this room. There is restoration for marriages in this room. Okay? There is restoration for ill health in this room. People now in this room who you are ill, you are sick, there is restoration for you. I was looking at this word restoration and I was thinking, it's, it, just looking at it, thinking restore. He wants to store again the stuff that the enemy has nicked from you. He wants to put it back in your cupboard. Um, there's this moment where, well, even in Joel, um, God will even restore years. <laughs> he restores the years locusts have eaten. Some of you are sitting there thinking, I'm a year older. I'm, a, you know, I'm another year older. I'm another year older. He restores years. What about this one? In, um, in Psalm 51, um, King David writes this psalm. Now this is after his um, transgressions with Bathsheba. Remember this? This is after David has got it on with somebody else's wife and then had the somebody else, Uriah, sent into battle and killed. And, uh, and he's so overwhelmed with his sin, with what he has done. Fathered a child to this lady, the child lives a week. Um, the whole thing's a bit of a mess, isn't it? And uh, he writes this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your generous spirit. Um, one of the things that sin really loves to do is make us feel ashamed and guilty um, and also rob us of that sense of purity and delight. There is a joy in knowing that you are right with God. It's just one of those things, the, the joy of our salvation, the joy of his salvation for us is like nothing else. There's no shower or bath that's going to get you feeling as clean as knowing that you stand before God totally, totally clean, pure, spotless. So who here needs that restoring? Because you don't need to live under any lie of having stains or blemishes on your lives. There's some translations that um, don't use the word restore. They use the word perfect. And um, this for me is where this verse just speaks of the whole gospel. Um, because what Jesus did at the cross was to perfect us. He sanctified us. He made us holy. And there is a living in the good of that that we get to do now. And all that the enemy wants to do is come back to you with the same old lie of, really? Are you sure? Is that really true? 
and we can stop falling for it. That's just the, the lion that's, you know... I mean, when we think of a lion, it's hard, isn't it, with that verse? Because you think of a lion, you're like me, you think of Narnia and you think of Aslan and you're like, hurrah, the lion. Um, and yet we've got this analogy of this roaring lion. And I guess the reality is, yet yeah, he is out to devour. Um, but the power that is in us is way bigger. Way, you know, this reduces his, him down to a, a ginger tabby cat. When you know Jesus in you and you know the power that we have through him to be able to silence the works of the enemy. That's what we get to live in the good of. Um, it's not to say there isn't an enemy, but what Jesus did at the cross was to perfect us, to complete, for us to fit together with him. He's brought us into himself, hasn't he? It's the eternal glory through Christ, in Christ. That's where we live. Um, so does it, who needs that restoration um, what about confirmation you know um, God loves to confirm things through his word and he loves to confirm things now in our lives he wants to bring reassurance to us and so there might even be things that need that you need confirmation of and this is why supernatural lifestyle is so important when the disciples went out in Acts, you read that signs and wonders confirmed what they were about, what they were doing, it confirmed the message. One of the things that's been lost partly in um, modern Christianity in the world today has been power. Demonstrations of the Spirit's power need to accompany what we're preaching, don't they? Because they confirm what's going on. We have testimonies. This is why testimony is so important in this church, because testimony confirms what God is doing. It confirms his heart for us, his love for us. It confirms that he can be trusted, that he is who he says he is, that if he can do that thing, he can do that thing and that thing and that thing and that thing. It's why life with the Holy Spirit is essential, because he seals things for us. You just know, you just reach a point, you just know because the Spirit has, is right with you and the Holy Spirit. It's, it, that's it. And you're, you're done at that point, aren't you? Nothing wavers you. Um, and again, so are there people here, you need confirmation of things. We're going to pray in a minute, okay? Um, I'm going to um, speed on. Strengthen. Um, again, I know I've said this before. Um, this is why we have relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, let's do another, um, another thing. Um, weakness is not good. Now, Paul also says that he will boast in his weakness. So sometimes I think we can get a little bit muddled on this. Weakness is not a good thing. Strength in Christ is what it's about. Outside of Christ, I am pretty weak and feeble. But in Christ, I'm an overcomer. And if I think of myself as a weakling, I'm not going to get very far in overcoming stuff. Am I? I have to see myself the way Christ sees me. Jesus can only look at me through one set of lenses, which are his. So he can only see me in him, can't he? So he looks at me and he's like, man, you're strong. 
Well, of course, I'm holding hands with you, Jesus. Of course I'm strong, because we're together. <laughs> I'm in you, that makes me pretty strong. But I, I am only strong because I'm in him. But we have to get this right, yeah? Um, being powerful, there's talk, isn't there? You know, we have um, talked today about um, being powerful, being powerful and free, that kind of, you know, you hear those sentiments being around. And sometimes we can think, oh, is it right to be powerful? Oh, I'm not sure. No, it is absolutely right to be powerful because you are full of Jesus. You're full of the Spirit. If you go doing things in your own strength, you won't get very far anyway, so you'll only prove the point. Um, but you will be amazed at what you can accomplish in Jesus. And we can start to live this out. You can start to test your strength. You can start to literally put this into practice in our lives by stepping out in faith and doing things in Jesus. Then you'll be amazed at how strong you are. Um, uh, the, the, um, again, I know I've said this before, but I want to just say it again because I found a really good quote on it. Um, the word for comfort, um, the Holy Spirit coming as the comforter um, that we read, what verse is it? Um, I can't think what verse it is. But the word parakletos that describes um, the Holy Spirit as the comforter. Um, it, the reason why in the King James they used the word comforter was because they had a different understanding of the meaning for comforter. When we hear the word comforter, we think, oh, there, there, there. Let's come and, and bring encouragement and, and even healing after something bad has happened. We come to comfort somebody. What they were referring to was closer to the Latin, which was comfortis, which is come, which is with, and then fortis, which is where we get fortify, which is to add strength. So the whole point is that the Holy Spirit comes to pour strength into us before we go into battle, not to come alongside us afterwards. And what we do is we reduce the Holy Spirit down to being the one that comes and helps us afterwards and wipes away our tears, when actually he's the one beforehand who's coming and building your muscles. Um, R.C. Sproul says it like this. Therefore, the King James Version translators were telling us that the Holy Spirit comes to the people of Christ not to heal their wounds after a battle, but to strengthen them before and during a struggle. The idea is that the church operates not so much as a hospital, but as an army. And the Holy Spirit comes to empower and strengthen Christians to ensure victory or conquest. Um, we are great in the church at bringing healing to people after the event. One of the things that I'm dead excited this year is that we get to pour some strength in beforehand. It's really important that we live empowered lives. Um, okay, lastly, um, establish. Um, I feel like God wants to establish some things for us. And when we think of the word establish, um, I kind of like it because you, you know when you see companies that was, you know, so-and-so has been established since 1885 or something, and it brings a sense of confidence that this is something that's built to last. This is, as, you know, this is good, it's tried and tested, it's stood the test of time, it's a good thing. Um, did you know that you're one of those? You were established 2,000 years ago. You are vintage. You can be trusted. You are a good brand. Um, uh, I can even get the word. Look, look at this. In Ephesians 3, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, there you go, it's actually in the Bible, you have been established in love. Um, I think there's some stuff that God wants to establish in us this year. Like new stuff. Who wants some new stuff? This, new, uh, this uh, North Avenue 
um, church opportunity thing is going to be that. It's going to be an opportunity. So it's going to bring with it opportunities for new stuff and for us to step out with that strength in powerful ways, um, which is exciting, isn't it? But even more than that, there's stuff that God wants to do in you this year. Not just in terms of what you're going to do, but actually he wants to, to bring new, you to a new awareness of who you are in him. The other message that I was tempted to bring is about prayer and about worship. And um, I know that God wants to do new things in us through prayer and worship. Um, so I'll have to bring that next time. Um, can we just stand and pray? We're, we've got to finish. Um, I've got some other bits here that I'm going to um, I'm going to somehow email them out to you because there's some practical stuff in terms of activation. Um, but right now, I just want to um, I just want to pray for us. If you know that there is any element of suffering that's going on in your lives, in fact, can we just all close our eyes? Is that all right? I don't want us to be looking at other people. Um, I'm the only one in the room that has got their eyes open, um, and that's just so that I don't bang into anything. Um, I just want you to lift your hand if you know that you can say there is any area of suffering for you in life. Whatever it is. It might be suffering that has come about because you just feel oppressed. There's enemy oppression. Or it might be as a result of choices that you have made and that there is guilt or shame or consequences to that that you're feeling. Or it might be that actually there has been wrong that has been done to you. I just want to declare over each one of you right now that Jesus is standing next to you. And he is embracing you and pouring in new things to you that he wants to take this suffering from you. I just want you to be brave and in your mind's eye, just imagine Jesus standing right there in front of you. And just be honest with him about what the suffering is. And I'm just going to pray. Jesus, I admit that there's suffering in my life. And Jesus, I want to make a choice right now to share this with you. And Jesus, I want to invite you to take this suffering that is upon me and to resolve it. Jesus, I invite you into my life to help me in this area. Jesus, I want to thank you that you have got freedom for me. I want to thank you that you have got restoration for me. I thank you that what has been stolen from me can be restored. I thank you that you want to put back things into me that the enemy has taken away.
Jesus, I want to thank you that you want to restore to me the joy of my salvation. You want to restore to me the joy, the innocence, the purity, the, the simple delight of knowing that I am right before God, that there are no secrets, that there is nothing hidden. Jesus, I want to repent of where I have held you at arm's length in this area. I want to repent where I've sinned, where I've turned my back on you, where I've made decisions that have been opposed to you. And Jesus, right at the start of this year, I turn to you and I receive your forgiveness, I receive your love, and I thank you that you've got solutions for me. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I want to pray for any of us who need things confirming to us. I want to pray for um, uh, prophetic words for people across this church. I want to pray for um, dreams. I want to pray for um, encounters in your word, um, the verses through scripture that would speak directly into our situations and unlock things for us and bring breakthrough. I want to pray for miracles and signs and wonders um, for this church, for us as individuals, uh, for the people we come into contact with this year, that the evidence of those things would confirm things to us. Lord, I want to pray for strengthening around this church. I pray for muscle. I pray for spiritual muscle to come upon us in new ways. I pray that you'd bring us into an awareness of your presence, empowering us like we've not known. <laughs> I pray that you um, would, that there would be an increase in expectation that it's seemingly impossible situations can be broken through, that you have answers for us, um, that in some of these situations that we are the answer. And so I pray for a boldness and a confidence and an empowering to speak up and speak out and to declare who you are for that situation. And Lord, I want to pray for um, this whole thing of establishing things. Lord, I want to declare um, where we are letting go of things that have been hindrances, where there has been suffering, I declare breakthrough and the establishing of new things for us. Where there has been hopelessness, I want to speak hope into situations, into people's lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We speak these things for us as a church as well, Lord. Would you establish some new things for us through this year? We pray there'd be things that would be you leading us into and not just man's good ideas or things that are going to wear us out. We pray that there would be the overflow of our worship and our praise of you, that they would be the fruit of our, of our lives with you. Um, yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you that you bring clear vision. And uh, we're looking forward to that through this year. Thank you, Father. Amen. Okay, I am done. Um, I'm going to share those practical things somehow that can go out with the um, newsletter or something like that. But um, guys, thank you so much.